general nerdery. So I've been doing basic physical upkeep, going to doctor stuff for the first time since like high school. Like finally have a physical care provider, yada, yada, yada going through. Mm -hmm. First off, they are trying so hard to not say I'm fat. (laughs) And it's actually really funny. They're like, oh, wow, not even pre-diabetes. Just fucking just say it, man. uh, But I'm getting tested for sleep apnea because I got a real big neck and a real tiny esophagus. And again, I'm kind of a large dude. Uh, And they're like, all right, we're going to send you this at-home test. And don't worry, it's not intrusive at all. You just wear this little thing on your chest and it'll be fine. Like, well, I feel like you're lying to me, but okay. And turns out they were lying to me. I had to, I I got it yesterday. Okay. And it's like a, a, a big square thing. I don't know, a little smaller than like a VCR tape. Okay. Which that reference dates me like nobody's business, but like, uh, that sits on my chest. And then there is a tube that goes up and around my face and like up into my nose. And then another tube that has to go, it's supposed to go on your off hand, but the world hates left-handed people. So it's set up the wrong way for me. So it has to like wrap around me and then go down and get taped down my arm Mm-hmm. And I had to tape the stuff on my face, too, which I have a beard, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, keep this thing on my finger, and it's blinking green lights. And it's, I mean, showing me that, and they're like, yeah, and uh, if if you don't sleep that well, maybe do it a second night and let me know. But, like, it, it shouldn't affect too much. And I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> like, it's going to affect everything. Oh. Oddly, it was the one thing on my finger that drove me up a fucking wall. Until the next morning when I had to take the medical tape off of my increasingly hairy arms. Mm, mm-hmm. I now have, like, little rectangles of... I know how that goes. Definitely have to do it again. Definitely don't want to. Um. Steven here, by the way. Um. <laughs> Yay, Steven's here. <laughs> I just wanted to introduce myself before I start talking. But um, <laughs> but from what I hear, that's, that's one of the benefits from not doing... The, or doing the not-at-home version of it is that it's... it's because of its accuracy, at the they they can account for more of you being uncomfortable and all the other stuff. It's less likely to be needed done a second time. Wait, maybe we should mention now that we're two and a half minutes in. This is general nerdery. Welcome, general nerdery. Your podcast about liking things. We're your general nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Steve, and he's already introduced himself because he's on top of things. <laughs> uh, I thought about that, but one in thing test is three thousand dollars. Oh no, thank and you. And this ben. one was six hundred. Okay. Which my, like, insurance and flex account will just cover. And the other thing is it's bad enough sleeping with, like, the fucking robot body it's trying to develop on top of me. Even if you have to do um, it three times in total, it's still cheaper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and it's just $600 for the, like, I have the thing for the weekend. Oh, like, so, yeah. But, oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. Much this has choice. been your complete... I did take a selfie, and it looked like I was about to go into major surgery. Like... <laughs> <laughs> nice. But that's completely unrelated to literally everything going on. Yeah. I just... But it's still fun. No, I like... <laughs> I was thinking about, like, the, the missing patches of hair, because, like, I had to go do medical things this year a few times, and had to have, like, little bits shaved off of my hairy chest, and then it was growing back for the next two weeks, and it was just, like, a square in yeah. the middle of my chest. Missing hair. Well, and I've always been kind of a hairy, but it's always been like that really like hard to see hairy. And then in the last, literally the last like six months, it's been like, well, it's time to start looking like a gorilla. You're not there yet, but give it about a year. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Other than uncomfortable medical experiences, what have we been ingesting lately? 
Uh, well, I haven't been ingesting uncomfortable medical. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, thankfully. No, so I had to rip myself away from Slay the Spire because I was missing too much sleep. I know I'd mentioned that one of the other episodes, but... Slay the Spire is very good. I heard you talking about it on a previous episode. I've also played it. It's understandably easy to get stuck in. It's like, just one more floor. Yeah, I'll just, just one more floor. Oh, you know what? I drew, I drew a good card. But Let's it's see also, how that works into my deck. I oh, say, I was watching you play this. I will last say week. it's also super easy to come back to. Like you can mm-hmm. easily just like, if if I remember correctly, it has autosave. Yeah. Um. So you just like restart an encounter basically if you have to. Um. So go to so sleep. I, I ripped myself away from that. <laughs> I haven't. I I played like a round earlier and actually just abandoned the run myself. And I was like, this is crap. I'm getting all crap. I don't it, like this right now. Is it dangerous to tell you that it's very easy to play on uh, cloud gaming on your phone? I'm not going to worry. I don't like gaming on my phone. Um, it's like super actually satisfying. It's quite quite good. I will recommend it. It's dangerous to tell you this. That's okay. I don't want to do that anyways. But you should. No, 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 no. That was a recommendation to the listener if they want to try it and have <laughs> Game Pass. Tyler, keep your shit on lock. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, obviously, I Pokemon Go on my phone, but that's yeah. about it. Like, I even have, like, Symphony of the Night on my phone, and I've played it for all of, like, five minutes. And I was like, I'm I have, like, good. five games on my phone, and literally the only thing I play on my phone anymore is, like, Wordle and Letterboxd. Mm. Same. Have you played Letterboxd? It's one of the other games that they have on Wordle. I don't know if I play Letterboxd, but I play, there's Framed, which mm. gives you just random frames, and then there's another one that I play that I want to say is, a. Uh, I want to try with Letterboxd. It's um, really good. Another it should one be as good as it is. Called Movie Doll. Mm, um, uh, that shows you like a one second clip of the movie. Oh, that shit's just built for you. But it is literally one second clip made up of frames. Oh. And then it, you just, you see that and then you have to guess. And if you get it wrong, get another guess. But it, it plays you a little bit more. Okay. Uh, Interesting. But we but, completely interrupted Tyler. No, that's fine. <laughs> I then mostly spent my time, like, watching TV. Like, a shit ton of time, watch, like, watching TV. Like, I didn't play any video games last weekend. I only watched TV. That's unusual. It was kind of great. So, quickly rewatched Willow in anticipation of the new series. Keep that movie that. fucking holds up. Oh, yeah. So oh, it's so good. good. Yeah, you're going to be mad that I didn't watch that after we talked about <laughs> me watching it. So good. I'd forgotten just how much fun that movie is. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, I might throw that on tonight. It's a good one. If listeners were recording on the 1st of October, it's the start. Ooh, that of, is a good. It's a start of spoopy season, so I might throw that on as, as a watch for today. It's Ron Howard directing, too, right? Yeah, like Ron that's... Howard directing, story by George Lucas, for what that's worth. Produce. Hey, if George Lucas gives a rough outline to someone else and lets yeah, them it write it, to be good. usually Lawrence Kasdan, I'm on board. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the thing. I was just saying how good the movie is. It's still good. It holds up. <laughs> holds up a lot better than a lot of the other movies from that time period. Yeah, that's a really awkward point where they were just starting to hit the like special effects and too many of them were like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, I mean, some things do look funky, but whatever. The dragon thing. Yeah, the that dragon. looked bad when I was a kid. Um, speaking of dragon thing, I'm all caught up on House of the Dragon now, and it's actually really good. What? And what? Matt Smith, That's the Game of Thrones prequel. Kind of same world as Game of Thrones. It's uh, set 176 years before. Oh, I thought it was way before. 
That is, that's a pretty good chunk of time. Yes, but they were working on one that was like 2,000 years before. Uh, so, like, it's the same world, but that's it. 2,000 years is a huge jump of time for that. What, what, what? Star Wars has like a 15,000 year time jump in some of their stories. But Star Wars makes sense to me in that it's a sci fi futuristic <laughs> thing. If you take a fantasy, uh, it's like, you basically just have to get rid of any. I don't know. Either. I have no idea. I, that series fell apart. Anyways. Although, uh, yeah, time doesn't matter. Matt Smith is killing it. Doctor Holy Who actors shit. play the best villains. Holy shit, he's killing it. Uh, a lot of people are saying this might be his truly star-making turn. And, like, we're always going to remember him as one of the Doctors, but after that, they tried putting him in a lot of tentpole, mo- tentpole movies, and it didn't work out. Yeah, but they kept putting him in shit ones. Yeah, and, and like... They put him in the fucking bad Terminator, and I mean, like, the bad compared to the other Terminator movies, and is fucking... Isn't he Morbin time in it? Morbin yeah. time, yeah. He plays fucking Hunger. <laughs> yeah, which is fucking hilarious. Um, killing it, uh, I'm really sad to see. There was a... There's a 10-year time jump midway through the season, so some of the actors and actresses get recast partway through. And I'm really, really sad to see uh, the young Rhaenyra go because she is going to be a breakout from this too. Everyone's fucking loving her mm. to the point where they, they keep bugging him like, can we find uh, other ways to maybe do more flashbacks to get more <laughs> of uh, her and young Allison Hightower? Like, because that would be great because they were some of the best fucking actors on screen. And people were loving it. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't a story I was necessarily super excited to hear. But they're doing a good job of it, and, like, it's still all the political intrigue and stuff that sort of drew in the early Game of Thrones seasons, because... Before they kind of forgot what they were doing on that front? Yeah, because it's, uh, it chronicles a time period known as the Dance of Dragons, not to be confused with the book Dance of Dragons. A Dance of Dragons, which is a Targaryen civil war, and the one where the last of the dragons died before Game of Thrones came around. I love fantasy. Like, obviously. But sometimes when they're like, ah, oh, welcome to the era of the Dance of Dragons, I just, like, get up and walk out of the room. Like, it's... <laughs> I'm a nerd as all get out, and I'm just like, man, don't make me want to give you a wedgie, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's my same problem with a lot of the Dragonlance books as I'm reading them. I'm like, this is fucking badass. The blah, 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 blah. God fucking damn it, man. <laughs> Work with me here. Sorry. Anyways, Dance no, of Dragons, actually cool shit happening. Goofy it, thing. Here's the, the one reason I'm kind of excited to keep going with it now that I've found out it's actually good. Mm-hmm. The story's complete. We know what happens in the dance. We know who wins, who loses. You can go look it up right now. Uh, it's, so it's completed. They won't have to just do some make ups for the last season or two. Right. It's They have mm-hmm. something to follow. They're expanding on it. and Is this the same show creators? No. Okay. No, it's not D&D. I don't think they would let them near another fucking property. I definitely keep mistaking this with the the other fucking it's the lord of the ring property oh rings of power yeah Um, i do keep meaning to watch that i just don't have amazon prime i also keep hearing that um amazon prime is kind of make or break on the success of this series for its uh streaming well uh, they dropped stupid amounts of money and so i'm I'm kind of hoping they fail (laughs) and by that i mean once good omen season two comes out they can die but (laughs) Until then. Exactly. Like, I don't want them to feel in that they, they're a major property. Uh, they're a major player in putting out good shit. And that, like, I love the boys. It's very mm-hmm. good. It's very good. Um, the tick fucking rocked. Fucking inc- uh, Invincible is it's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like there's other shit that... Oh, fucking... I'm going to throw out one of the things that I'm ingesting. I'm currently ingesting uh, a league of their own. I'm halfway oh, through how it. how is it? It is fucking great. I want to check it out because I have seen that movie upwards of 100 times. And so This is the, the remake where they were allowed to actually let people be gay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's got a, ph- a phenomenal cast. It's got Abby Jacobson from um, uh, Broad City. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, Ooh. I think she's, she's like, she's, she's one of the main cast. She's like one of the like, like main, main people. Um, uh, Darcy, I can never remember her last name, unfortunately, but she plays, um, uh, she's Janet in the good place. Oh, yes. Um, Nick Offerman, a bunch of other people that I'm f- unfortunately very much forgetting their names, but it's a great cast of people, phenomenal actors. And it's really just like, oh yeah, no. This makes sense. Yeah, they were definitely probably pretty pretty queer as fuck and just, like, really having to be on the sly about it. Yeah, and you just couldn't talk about it in 1990 either, or I mean, roughly when that movie mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. Um, and so it's very good, and I highly recommend checking it out. I have not finished it yet, though, So, but it's, uh, it's a thing that me and my partner are probably trying to do this weekend. All the right people are pissed off about it. It's all the same people who are pissed off that Lizzo played a really old flute <laughs> and that there's a Black Mermaid. Like... Oh, dude, I saw the video of Lizzo playing that flute, yeah, it was flute awesome. just today, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that she's a classically trained flautist. flautist. That's the only problem. I cannot hear the word flautist without giggling. Like, yeah, it just, true. no disrespect to Lizzo, she's a fucking queen. Flautist is a stupid word. Now I need to look up her um, non-stage name. Yeah, I don't know. Literally, never even occurred to me before. Because I know she Which is, is really dumb of me, but... I know, I know it. I actually literally just saw it... Um, earlier today when I saw that uh, video. Uh, yeah, and I got two other things I was watching while you're looking that up. One, I just, I'm going to bring it up because I was enjoying it, but it's, like, it's not super high up there for me, mm-hmm. but it was good. It was, we were, uh, me and Marge were watching The Serpent Queen on Stars, which is a historical dramedy miniseries based on Catherine de' Medici, who became Queen of France. Ooh. Um, Nothing good happens when a Medici is involved. No. no, and there's so much plotting and backstabbing and shit, and it's kind of, it's not like outright comedic, but it's very like wink, wink, nod, nod to the camera, and she does asides to the camera as like young Catherine all the time, mm-hmm. and um, they're very frank about how fucking stupid it all is, like every little bit of it, and how much of it is just show for everyone else that's putting on show as well and well, that's Holy very Roman pettiness Empire, right um, I, I do have Lizzo's real name by the way it is uh, Melissa Vivian Jefferson oh she's fucking great yeah she's phenomenal and I just I, I wanted to show the respect that she deserves of using her full name well they're currently fighting with the Holy Roman Empire okay right now. that's just the em- yeah. make the era and the all era. of that man that era was like the whole Roly- Holy Roman Empire is such a fucking lie of a name anyway it's like we're an empire we don't actually control any of these people, but we're an empire. And it's one of those ones where I'm liking it. I'm excited to see the rest of it, but like I don't have too much to say about yeah, it. It's enough. dope. The other thing, though, that I want to bring up, because it's really cool, is a show. Have you guys heard of Losa Spookies? No. Uh, I've seen this advertised to me, but I haven't actually it's watched wild. it. It's wild. It's drawing me in more than how simple some of the episodes actually are should be. I don't know. It's weird. It's so it's like this group. It's mostly Spanish language. And it's like this group of friends down in Mexico. And they're, they're like a paranormal team, except they're not a team that you call in. Like if you think you're seeing ghosts, they're a team that you call in. If like 
you're a hotel and you need a tourist trap, and so you need someone to set up a haunting so people start talking about it. I'm super into this idea. <laughs> Where tra- is this show? They're HBO. a traveling Grunkle Stan, essentially? Oh, now... Oh. Do not tell me now that you have watched Gravity Falls. Uh, I have it's not on my eternal. I need to fucking watch this list. Bump it up. Yeah, I, think I you'll, know. I, you will love it. I'm burning through a few things right now. Uh-huh. But, like, some amount of magic and supernatural stuff does exist. Cool. And, like, at least one of the characters seems to have a connection to it that he kind of abuses for just, like, petty things of, like... <laughs> being able to just, like, keep track of time by looking in his supernatural locket and stuff. My absolute favorite <laughs> thing, anytime I learn about spiritualism or spiritualists mm-hmm. or cryptid hunters or whatever, that whole ooky-spooky part of the world, is the people who legitimately believe but also fake fucking everything. Because you get the, like, legitimate explorers and the flimflam men all in one person, and it is the most interesting characters. But here's the other thing. The show shouldn't be as interesting as it is because it's not about them setting up these scenarios. They'll be hired to, like, do a haunting, and it'll be, like, them fucking up and only getting through the first, like, 5% of it for most of the episode, and then the actual haunting will just be them pulling some levers. And crazy shit will happen that shouldn't happen from just levers being pulled. I am more and more confused as this goes on. I, it's so to hard like to explain. It's so hard to explain. I just, I don't want to give people the wrong idea going into it being like, you're going to see him set up like this fucking super cool, like sea monster out on the sea. It's like, no, it's like a pretty obvious suit. And it's just like the sailor they run into is really dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is good. I like oh, that. Man, that, that just makes me think of, and we'll, we won't go into this. Because we're doing Monsters next week. Big surprise. But the reviews I'm reading of Monsters that are like, it looks so tacky. And you're like, how did you not know this was coming? Yeah. Have you seen the Monsters? <laughs> you Like, literally, on episode. They, they had no lies about what they were doing with this Monsters reboot. Um, did you only watch the other reboot that they did? 23 Mockery Murder? That was yeah, actually was, really fucking Which was good. It should have been a show. But if that's the only thing you've ever seen... I get why you would complain about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'll give exactly. you that. Um, I'm not even all the way through the first season, and I'm in love with the show. It's so good so far. It's really funny. Plus, I just, I don't know. I like seeing, like, gothy and spooky kid uh, Latinos rather than just, like, gangbangers all the time, so. Oh, yeah. I listened to a fucking podcast about the uh, death of Tupac and Biggie. And I suddenly really wanted to play San Andreas really bad. And I was like, what does this say about me as a person? <laughs> now I really want to play San Andreas. San Andreas but that's kicks most- ass, but I don't know how well it held up. Uh, Steven, any... Um, other than A League of Their Own, I'm currently playing through Deathloop. Um, which I'm going to be starting soon. Which I haven't gotten terribly far um, into it. Um, I've gotten through basically, like the I'd say, the prologue and into like the main main part of the campaign and it's very fucking great and i'm very much enjoying it um and i was trying to describe it to someone so i had to explain dishonored uh Mm. to someone else um which is a game that was developed by the same developers previously that um arcane i'm pretty sure and going just trying to explain that to them i better understood how it led to the development of this game knowing how they interact with certain like basically it's 
the premise is a time loop game like Groundhog's Day mm-hmm. um, with various levels of ability to have certain things persist through it um, as you go, but you're trying to break the loop. Uh, they've also added a super interesting online mechanic of protecting the loop where you can have, you can play online and basically jump into other people's loops and try and stop hunt them, them down. from break. Yeah. Hunt them down and stop them from breaking the loop. It's super fucking cool gameplay wise and design wise. It's very much up my alley. You start to get these, they call them slabs, which give you some sort of paranormal extra abilities um, like the one that you first get is just like the ability to keep keep re-dying multiple times in a loop without having to restart all the way at the beginning of the day mm. uh, but eventually they're, they open up with other ones that just like give you double jump and other things that are as wildly as cool as like a um, teleport blink like yeah. nightcrawler jump like they do in the Dishonored games so it's fucking rad it's also one of the very few games I can think of with a black main protagonist. Also, that's not a gangbanger, hopefully. <laughs> uh, he's literally... The, of the- <laughs> he's literally... You find out he's the literally chief of security for the entire, uh, like, scientific operation that's going on. Okay. And he's trying to fucking fix some shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like... Black characters in video games. So, oh, San Andreas. Ooh, maybe not. Oh, San, <laughs> like, San Andreas is another example that I didn't think of, but I haven't really played much of any, really any of the uh, Grand Theft Auto games. The other one that I can think of is um, Watch Dogs 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Saints Row, but that's uh, even more problematic than Grand like Theft Auto. Like the second prototype? Like, this is, uh, for the very specifically, this is the only example that I can think of that isn't... Oh, no, we're agreeing with your point. This is definitely us being like, man, we have to think hard about this. There's like, yeah, I had to think really hard about, like, any other examples that don't involve, like, a character creator. Yeah. Like, the ability to make that your character versus just being that. Did you think of one? You looked really proud of yourself for a second there. Only because we brought it up <laughs> last episode. Have you guys been watching Andor? Oh, oh, no. Only the first three episodes. Okay. I haven't seen last week's episode. Uh it's real good, I'll be honest. I've had a hell week, and so has my wife, so I've been kind of carefully not putting that on because it's sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real fucking good. It is really not The Mandalorian. Good. It is not Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan. But it's um, so good. Yes, no, I am Holy very cow. much in favor of it. I will rewatch it probably when the whole thing is done, too, just to get the full, but it's... Uh, Maybe more Rogue One than Rogue One. Yeah, it's Rogue One when they went, oh, that really worked. Go ahead and play. Mm-hmm. It's weird that in this moment I just realized that I'm more of a Star Trek nerd than I am a Star Wars nerd. Hmm. Oh, I exist happily in that middle ground. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely, I kind of exist in the middle ground, but I just realized that like while you're talking about this, I the last Star Wars property I watched was the uh, Return of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Oh, so you've missed... All the good shit they've put out in the last so couple like, years. No, I, I don't even know if I've seen Rise of Skywalker. Basically, I saw the second movie in last the last Jedi. trilogy. Okay. And then I haven't seen anything forward. Um, last Jedi's really good. That's yeah. fair. The last, I just feel nerds screaming at me I, saying that sentence out loud, but we'll... We, the last good one... Last Jedi is my second favorite. We've done it. We'll, <laughs> the last one I, I really remember really loving was uh, Rogue One. Mm. That's This is one of the characters from Rogue One... 
and like what leads up to him getting to that point. Fuck yeah! Okay, now I get from catch the creators up on... of Rogue One. Oh fuck yeah! Now I got to catch up on that. Yeah, it's Ka- it's Diego Luna's character, Cassian Andor. And his fu- oh shit! Why did nobody tell me this? Because I don't know anything about any Star Wars stuff. We've talked about it a lot. It's like his. It's like <laughs> yeah, his just glazed over. Sorry. Entry into the rebellion five years prior to that movie and everything le- leading up to that point. Hell yeah! Reminds me. Watch lower. Just because you said Star Trek, watch Lower Decks. I've been watching Lower Decks, and this one was kind of a Deep Space Nine sequel, and I was just like, my heart. <laughs> oh. I don't know why this is so touching to me. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Did you have anything? Deathloop and uh, League of Your Own. League of Their Own, and then I'm rewatching um, uh, for like the umpteenth time. New Girl with my partner. Mm. I really need to check that out sometime. Um, I I can lend it to you if you'd like. I think it's on one of the streamings. Either way, yes. Thank you. Um, let's see. I actually have got it in, like, the mindset to sit and watch a movie. As we've discussed, I can watch a TV show for six hours and have no problem. But I'm like, a movie? Two and a half hours long for one sitting. But I finally watched Enola Holmes after watching the trailer for Enola Holmes 2. Right. Which is the trailer that we forgot to watch for this one. Uh, but uh, that's fine. We're oh well. we're going to be long enough anyways. I'm a sucker for old school Mystery novels like that, like that, Hercule Poirot, yada, yada, yada. Also, Millie Bobby Brown, delightful. Yeah. Uh, It's not a great mystery because it changes its focus of what mystery they're focusing on halfway through. And then they try and shift back to the first one. And so neither mystery really gets time. Mm -hmm. I'm recalling this now. I I watched it when it first came out. Because it starts with her looking for her mom. And then she meets the cute boy uh, who's being assassinated and then so she like veers off to save the boy is wrong on solving the mystery but close enough that like it makes you know she's like 14 15 whatever in that movie so it's not like oh she's terrible but like ah, okay i see how you got there and then veers back to finding mom but then the mom just shows up of her own volition like there's no actual like i have found my mother payoff and it kind of bothered me but I want Henry Cavill just to play Sherlock Holmes anyways. Who plays um uh who plays his brother in that? I don't know, but they made Mycroft a straight up piece of shit when usually he's just a Sherlock style piece of like a lazier Sherlock piece of shit. I wanna say it's someone that is like notably now weird that I hope they don't bring back for two. <laughs> oh god, not one of those. Uh I mean at least it's not like Arnie Hammer, but um that's who I thought it was? Sam Claflin? I have no idea who that man oh. is. No, it's definitely not Arnie Hammer. Thank you, okay, Christ. Good. He was with Henry Cavill in Man From U.N.C.L.E. Which was a good movie. Great movie. Very stylistic. I feel like that was directed by someone really good. Uh, not important. I'm looking forward to the second one. I'm hoping that they can actually give her much more of a mystery. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's literally my only complaint. And... With a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories, it's a toss-up of if the mystery is going to be any good. So, it fits with the. I know it's the based theme. off of a series of shorts, uh, a series of novels, Anola Holmes. It's like a young adult series. Cool. I did not know that. That's. I, uh, I, I vaguely like. I'm eighty percent on that. Um, I remember reading this when I first was mm-hmm. reading about the first movie. Based on the trailer for the second one that I saw, it feels like they're going to do something similar. And I'm curious to know if this is just like a format within the, the 
series still would track uh, but like it feels like they're gonna try and do something again of like well i gotta team up with this person like i start this mystery now it's a different mystery i just want watson to be introduced because he's not in that movie there's no mm-hmm. sign that he exists yet which is always interesting when they're like here's sherlock holmes in the early days but he's already a famous sensation and you're like but why but no but yeah but he knocked that off he's not he became a famous sensation because of watson obsessively writing to the newspapers being like, you hear about what my buddy did? Y'all hear about this shit? <laughs> now, I said I was never going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell this story, so sit down. It's time for experience. And uh, I've seen some shit. Why do we not have a Southern Watson now that we've invented this? This is amazing. That's a good question. Also, like, we did the New York um, uh, reiteration of Sherlock Holmes. Let's Wasn't just, Lucy Lou Watson in yeah, that one? I let's just it. fucking get weird with it. <laughs> Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I'll save this mostly for next week because I'm watching through it, but I've started the Netflix version of Bee and Puppycat. It is a, a very strange animation based off an old, like, YouTube slash Cartoon Network animation. Stylistic. Natasha. No idea. Allegra, I, I believe, is the creator of it. I might have that name wrong. I'm going to look this up because okay. I love the original series. It is stylistically exists somewhere between, like, Steven Universe and Studio Ghibli. Okay. And it's a fucking surrealist beautiful masterpiece that several times has me going, uh, what just happened? But like in a good way. Yes. I had that right. Natasha Allegra, uh, series creator. It originally developed a, as a, um, um, came out as a YouTube pilot that then was picked up by cartoon hangover. The same people who did uh, bravest warriors. Oh, okay. Okay. It was a Pendleton award thing that he did I knew about that one adventure time. Um, it, if you ever get a chance, I have not checked out the, the Netflix one. I'm going to check it out soon. I hear it's very good. I hear it's less, has a little less of the wild, the weird eccentric energy that the, it gets a little reined in for, compared to the YouTube series. Yes, but it's prettier. I don't fucking know about that. Having seen the YouTube. Okay. Series. From what little, anyway, because the, right. the problem with the YouTube series is that it was too expensive to keep making because okay, it was fair enough. too fucking gorgeous. Um, and the whole YouTube series is also, I believe, it's just, like, on YouTube to watch free. So, check it out. Uh, and then the real thing I had going is I've dived back into the uh, early Image era comics again. So, like, I've been reading Cyberforce and finally finished up the Wildcats run that I was working on. Oh, nice. And um, the, the one that I was going to bring up, I read the first, like, 15 issues of Gen 13. Oh, no shit. Okay. Have you? I, I'm, I've I know you first, know what it is, at least. I started reading it myself at one point. I want to say I read the first two issues, and that's about as far as I got. But. Do you know what Gen 13 is? I only know of it in name, and I feel like I definitely... I, for a long time, was a subscriber to Previews, uh, like, magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like would just flip through that and read about everything. Gen um, 13 is this, like, flash-in-the-pan... A bit of its era that was like huge and has never found its footing again for very obvious reasons. It was a team book about these kids who were thrown together. It's got a very X-Men feel in that power yes. because their parents had powers, so they have powers. And a Nick Fury knockoff with like hardcore sideburns collects them together to save the world. But it is so 90s that it like hurts. It's fun. I want to say I had a lot of fun reading this, but it is such a product of its era. There is a kid whose name is Grunge. That is his code name is just Grunge. 
What is his powers? Uh, if he it, is the he absorbing man. Oh, okay. Uh, so if he touches something, he like, oh, I touched this brick wall. I am now like made brick. of bricks, and I can brick punch you. Like yeah. it's, um, he's he should have abs- just been super pig pen. I mean, he kind of is too, but uh, <laughs> he's. I also, still don't get the jump to grunge for a name other than the '90s. Yes, and he's also got like a skull tattoo with wings on his chest and a giant yin yang on his back. Ooh, he loses me on the yin yang. Yeah, all of well, I mean, he is Asian, which I will credit on a little bit, and That's it's cool, uncommon though. to see Asian lead characters. I definitely it's was thinking still, with the name Grunge. Also, I definitely was thinking of a very white. So was boy. I. Uh, he's does also, he have a tribal armband to go with this? And he's a garbage sack of a toxic masculinity human being. He is just constantly cheating on his manic pixie dream girl girlfriend who's just eternally forgiving, being like oh, caught him fucking someone else, it's fine. I'm like no! Have some self-respect, young lady! It is interesting I mean, it is a comic from the early 90s that is like college-age teenagers you know, like 19-ish on average and it's all about, like, sex and violence, pretty much. And it's got a very real-world sensibility. And I found out one of the editors, like, their main editor, was actually on the real world to help wow. them keep this fucking sensibility. Brightside, it does have one of the earliest openly lesbian characters. Uh, Rainmaker, this Native American woman, who's actually a really cool character, is... By the first, like, 15 issues, she hasn't said, I'm a lesbian. But she's made it very clear that she is a lesbian. It is, uh, like, so credit for them for that. In 1993, or, you know, roughly then, when it came out. It also sounds like they're a very diverse cast in general. Uh, three white people, a Native American woman, and an Asian guy. So, for the 90s. For 90s, doing, very... Doing that's that better the thing than about this comic. For the 90s, it's very good on a lot of respects. But then there's moments where you're like, whoa! Um, that's been a thing I'm learning about. It's like, man, I gotta just, like, remember. 90s. The like, art. This came out, out in the 60s. You find out that Rainmaker is gay when her friend is like, why won't Grunge pay attention to me? And she's like, oh, well. And they're all in bikinis during this scene. They constantly are like, oh, they're in Southern California. So they're constantly finding excuses for everyone to be wearing as little clothing as possible. She's like, oh, well, men don't know how to work it. You need a woman's touch. And I'm like, okay, maybe now is not the time to do the like male wet dream version of lesbian (laughs) seducing women. And then the thing that threw me, and this one is, this is just bad. Her friend just has the response of like, ew, gross, oh my god, and like runs away, like horrified that this woman is gay. And that's never picked up on again. Wow. It's just her response to someone hitting on her. It's like, oh shit. Oh fuck, gross, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Time to run. (laughs) Angry, run away. And there's never any like, hey, that was kind of fucked up. Just like, oh, oh well, she's just gonna hit on someone else now. Yikes. I love reading old comics. I am even enjoying Gen 13. That one scene made me put down the book for like an hour. I was just like, no, didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. Uh, that's about what I got, though. Those were kind of my my big ones. And we already mentioned we don't have trailers. Yep, week. no trailers, because we forgot to watch Nola Holmes 2. Uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about Food Wars. Shokugeki no Sama, season three. Plate number three. <laughs> 
Season three. Season three. He's not paying attention. <laughs> what a wonderful guest. Uh, Sorry, I was looking up plate three real quick because I wanted to be on my game when talking about plate. Man, okay, so I've mentioned this before, but my favorite part of watching the show for this show has been watching my wife get slowly more and more into the show, and at first, like, making fun of me, and then in the second season being like, yeah, okay, and then the third season, just, she's committed now. And to the point that we finished up, and she was like, don't you need to watch more Food Wars? I'm like, honey, you can just say we want to watch this. Like, I'll keep watching with you. Look, I get it, because... Like, I, I told you a couple days ago, I can't wait to say it for the show. I got to at least say this has been my favorite season oh, so far. easily the best season. Oh, it, it's easily the best season. It also, God, I, I can't wait for you to get into season four. I, I got so excited and just kept going, um, and I um, watched season four already. Only reason I'm not suggesting we do season four for next time is we already had next time planned out. So oh, yeah, we'll also, get to it soon. We'll get to uh, it. I mean, this also is, not that I'm an expert in anime, but, like, one of my favorite points in the shonen anime, the low-stakes thing that happens, in this case, the the Lunar Festival food truck stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, and then the main villain jumps in and takes off. Yeah. The the beginning of that and the like low stakes thing right before is always my favorite point of a of a shonen. It always feels very filler arc uh, in the grand scheme of things, but it's also like where I find the most satisfying things. I'm not actually against filler arc. No, if you keep them contained, if it's like, well, the next season of Naruto is an eighty episode filler set. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm I'm out. (laughs) But the fucking goddamn stupid race. I don't even know what it's talking about. I've only read the manga where they didn't do the 80 episode filler arc. Uh, but like, okay. So Marv Wolfman, the guy who writes, wrote Teen Titans, made it what it is, talked about the fact that you can't always up the stakes. You occasionally have to like stop, have lower stress downtime stuff. It could be a villain that's not Deathstroke or, you know, the next Trigon, next big world ending thing. Mm-hmm. Or it could even be... Let's have a day in the life episode. We see, you know, what does Donna Troy do on her Saturday that she's not being Wonder Girl? What does what happens when Starfire gets a boyfriend for the first time? What's Cyborg doing visiting his old home, like his old neighborhood? And that means that it gives the everyone breathing room. So when the next big stakes thing comes in, they've got that kind of relaxed moment and you can ramp up easily enough without having to be like, and then the world exploded. So, like, in Yu Yu Hakusho, like, in between the tournament and them going to uh, fight off the things, it's when, like, you use, like, on a date with his fucking girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's some minor little spirit de- detective bull. Yeah, uh, like, you know, to, to use this one with the Lunar Festival, it does matter. He will get expelled if he fucks this up. Yeah. But it's not... But it's a... Like, that's only a super <laughs> fuck up. Like, you have to end... Yeah. And you know... In the red. What like. the, like, he's had that constantly. That's not a big thing anymore, and it gives you that, like, breathing space. Plus, they almost always in that arc have the moment where everyone comes together. Uh, uh, My Hero Academia did it with, like, a school band plot. Oh that was one of the best things My Hero Academia's done. Plus, that song slaps so mm-hmm. I've hard. only read the manga, so I have no idea what the uh, song oh is. Oh my but... goodness, you gotta catch up. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but this one. All right, I mean... Clear up. We we start with uh, Soma enters into the Lunar Festival, which I will say 
this is an issue that I had to remind myself, which is just like a thing with a shonen anime is of like, they, they don't really like they time doesn't make sense. Time doesn't make sense. <laughs> this entire series seasons one through four is one year of high school. They're not even done with season. They're not even done with one, yeah. one whole year after season three. This yeah. is just like, they finished the fall semester. Yeah. Cause this is coming mm-hmm. towards the end of the semester. This isn't even one whole year. This is like, Six months. It takes him like maybe six months and four I, to conquer the school. Spoiler. I don't. I don't know how Japanese schools work. I especially don't know how post secondary or secondary school uh, Japanese schools work for culinary schools, especially. But timing of this all sounds. It feels wildly fucking different. But also, I had to forget. I had to remember that just like it's a thing with like shonen anime is like their rest periods are basically them just reaching a new level mm-hmm. and then they're going to start exploring how to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. They it, do it. It's, in they still level Hunter. up when they're, yeah, but resting. it's kind of assimilating everything that mm-hmm. they've learned. It, but it's like, it's going from like cellular levels to like up to multicellular level up to full on. Yeah. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> just from bear. <laughs> One cell to four cells to bears. And, and, and honestly, You're not wrong. It was some of the fucking anime pacing that they do. And I had to remind myself of that because, like, the whole of season three's, like, um, not season three, season two's um, Lunar Festival, or no, what is it, the... Moon Festival? No, season two's... Uh, oh, the... Spectator? Uh, the, it's the, I forget what it's called, but it's the, the, the final thing where they're all fighting off um, in season two. It's like... Uh, oh, the, the finale of the, the big selection, festival. The winter selection. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is basically to give them the rights to just be in this school festival. Just, <laughs> God, man, how stressful must this school be? Not just because of everything that's already going down, like just the normal level of, but the fact that there is a new world-ending competition literally every other week. Exactly. And you're right with the time so, thing. And I do think, like, we have to remember, Japanese summer breaks, most of the world's summer breaks are significantly shorter than ours. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Which is more stressful? Going to school um, at Totsuki or going to school at uh, Xavier's gifted blood of <laughs> <laughs> Xavier's seems less stressful as wild as it is less stressful. but you're much more likely to die yeah way more lethal <laughs> less, less stressful. stressful I don't know how that works Be- better OSHA requirements I imagine CC keeps going on about the fact that literally this is not just like the world of restaurants but restaurants seem to run the world in this world this is like Pokemon and I, I would think love... it originally was supposed to, but the like the way they kept scaling up eventually just turned it into. I would I would love if there was just like a weird offshoot from like some other industry that are just like <laughs> looking over at them like they are taking that way too seriously. <laughs> Guys, you gotta calm the fuck down. <laughs> you guys gotta calm the fuck down. Ugh. Yeah. But they it, that's an issue with it in general. It's just like how how fucking wild the upscale it goes on how just like shit. It's levels are. I mean, it's the true stakes of, race wildly high. It's true of any shonen anime, though. Like I will say, when I was reading uh, Naruto, I was like, "What is everyone up to who's not a ninja? Do they exist? I think, are there just not nin? I mean, other than like the one samurai crew, like 
Oh damn, that would I would love. I would <laughs> love a slice of life anime set in the Naruto universe that has nothing to fucking do with the ninja stuff. You, you, you find, just keep just seeing them fly through the trees and shit like what the fuck. You I fell in love with a ninja or something like that. Whoever whoever first starts training uh, like someone like someone who's super like recognizable like I forget it the, the guy who starts training Naruto in the very first of it uh, yeah yeah the um, forgettable his, dark his, dark. his first mentor 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 who has the <laughs> mentor his first mentor his first, first mentor uh, who has the like slash over his nose yeah, yeah. Um, like a slice of life of like his grandma <laughs> So it's tangentially, like, in the same universe, you clearly know, like, he shows up in, like, one episode and just like, hey, I brought you a cake or something, and I, now I gotta go train Naruto, and then the rest of it is just, like, her existing in the Leaf Village. I mean, in some ways, that's kind of Way of the House Husband, which you need to fucking read if you have not, or watch. I want to um, read it because I tried to watch it and I could not. I, I haven't seen the anime, so I can't say, but I it's hang with the just... Anime normal everyday life but with a former yakuza guy so it's got all of that like shonen yakuza gang movie intensity mm -hmm. at all times i gotta get back on some slice of life anime <laughs> now that i think about it i love it so now that we've talked about literally every anime except for the one that we're recording <clears throat> the lunar festival Lunar Festival was fun. I, this is one of my favorite things i should say i have an absolute adoration of food trucks fucking love a good food truck or a bad food truck. Like, as long as it'll give me something I like. So this was just automatically up my alley. Everything he made in the food truck, I want those rolls that, like, cook on the inside of the right. oven. Oh, with the, uh, Shao, Shao, Shao Bao or something? Shao I have no idea. I forget how it's pronounced, but it looks so fucking good. And then the noodle thing that's basically a deconstructed version of that, but as a noodle dish... Yeah, that oh, was dope. That's yes. what I was more interested in. Like, those were cool. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely eat the fuck out of those. But I was like, once I started playing with that idea, I was like, ooh, that's cool. Ooh, that's I, I cool. love it. Ooh, I just definitely cool. have a thing for any any food that I can just hold in my hand and eat, I'm in. I'm a sandwiches, burritos. Hell yes. And there's a thing that I really love that they focus on. And that is the, the thing I think I use my favorite thing of the whole series is just like his love for street food and like. Making customers happy? Making customers happy with, like, food Quick they, food they want to actually eat. Like, what a normal human would actually fucking be able to afford. <laughs> supposed to fucking and, Alice Knockery. And, well, like, I actually do kind of, like, well, that is... I like it, but, like, I just... Mm. I, I very much loved her being paired... Uh, her and... I have already forgotten his name, but the... Uh, Kurokaba? Kurokaba, um, and... The, all three of them. Yeah. The, they, the, they go by the, oh, the, and uh, Akira. Yeah. Uh, the three white coats is what they go by after that uh, uh, for, uh, for the I love the three white coats. I wanted way more way. of seeing them yes. fucking bickering. Just. Uh, again, like I keep reiterating, I would love to see a spinoff of everyone else, but like that. The Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of... I'll really fight you on your dislike of Soma, but I, I agree that... I mean, we've talked about this. I think every character needs about ten times more space than they're ever... Gonna get given, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my also other problem with Soma personally, and I don't think he's a bad character. I think my problem, per, pers my personal problem is, and my partner pointed it out, and I'm realizing that it is he's just so fucking arrogant. Oh yeah, no, he's a dick, <laughs> and I don't like arrogance, so that's why he does, he rubs me the wrong way. Um, but like their fucking curry dish with a chocolate 3D printed thing way over the top, but also like. Super fucking cool. Super actually approachable from a culinary end, like for a small, like 
just get 3D printed uh, uh, um, chocolate molds, and then you could easily, that's the thing you could mass produce and have just like in a, in a cooler mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. top onto a curry dish, which that's, that's a fucking baller use of uh, gastromolecular gastronomy um, uh, incorporated into a common use, like home cook kind of like comfort food that I am down to see. This, mm -hmm. this thing about the like small local comfort food, yada, 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 I think is why Soma's arrogance doesn't bother me as much because he tends to be arrogant against elitist shitbags. That is, yeah. And I am fucking down. I was about to say, I think that's why I'm okay classism. with it. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. He is vain as fuck. And He's I think just that's I think why the part I think where it, it rubs me, me wrong way is like where there's a later thing in the season where he just like goes off on his own to fucking challenge somebody in a food war without like they then uh, they like eventually <laughs> cover for him basically they, they like they cover for him and then they later you later find out that like oh he be, he had the confidence to go do that by himself because of everybody around him and the experience he had with him but that's, we can get into that later yeah um, back to the lunar festival. You get uh, the number, what is it, three, number six seats. Um, uh, Kuga. Kuga, Chef uh, Kuga. The I want to say six because... Six. We, we start to meet more of the ten here because creepy girl with the, like, slit eyes. Ringo. And Ringo mm -hmm. is number two. Pale-haired guy is number one. Um, uh, Kuga? Chef Kuga? Chef Kuga is the... the uh, Guy, the Chinese cook that he goes up against. Oh, yeah. Now I'm thinking of someone else. Who weirds me out in the dub because they gave him a relatively deep voice. Not like a super deep voice. But in the manga, when I was first reading it, I wasn't sure if Kuga was a boy or a girl. Mm. I didn't really care, but like that definitely colored. And then a definitely masculine voice being like, I'm just a cutie patootie. And I'm like, I don't hate it. But I'm having to like wrap my mind around it a little bit. So I tried listening to more of the dub this time around because uh -huh. I was really curious, especially with how many characters there are now. I started getting really curious, like, oh, what do they sound like in the dub? Oh, oh what, what do they, they sound yeah, like? Yeah. Oh, what do they sound like in the dub? Honestly, most of them I'm fine with. Mm -hmm. Most of them are... It's a good dub. It's not. I think the I think the best dub. two are are where it's really noticeably bad for me is when they are doing other country Ooh, like yeah when they're supposed this to be is like a french accent this is an, <laughs> or an italian accent um uh in an english dub it's, it's just like very oh, wow okay. it's like when i try and do it like i feel like uh like honestly two of the biggest characters soma and megumi are the best mm -hmm. oh yeah i think they're spot on i think they're i think really they're spot on i think they're great the part i started having problems with and i don't know how much i could continue with the dub is Every single villain character is made more whiny and more nasally, and it doesn't match most of their animations. Well, most of, okay, but, but at the same time, most of the villains in the show are little bitches. And that, I think, I don't know, do you, I, I, because I've watched season four, I know a little bit more <clears throat> of the villain's backstory, so I understand why they make him a little bit more of a whining nasally I little bitch. I have no sympathy for a zombie whatsoever. I have absolutely no sympathy for him whatsoever. He is a straight up bitch. <laughs> um, and I want to just like literally slap him. Um, the problem I have with it is like he's he's constantly animated even as like young him as almost having like 
a dark presence around I mean, him. they literally put creepy dark yeah, blackness like around him he, a couple of times. He's, like, so far, I don't know where it ends up going, but in some ways is the most demonic character we have, and he sounds like a whiny fucking CEO in the English dub. Oh, see, and, I always read that as, like, a, it's like a dark void, uh, like, almost like a black hole of just sadness. And Not demonic. For me, it was kind of try-hard emo, so I get where... And it could try, be from the try hard emo also tracks for me of like <laughs> I'm really into death notes. But sorry, we keep interrupting you, please. But, <laughs> and then like the original voice not, is not like now. this booming yeah, you fucking like deep, almost like it's falling into a void itself. I will introduce you to this world of cooking. And you're oh, like, Whoa! Way more, <laughs> way more menacing in the Japanese dub. Um, I also that's not uncommon though. Only because I have to fucking edit podcasts every week, the mixing on the English dub is fucking terrible, and it's way more rich in the original. Oh, also, yeah, I've noticed this simply from the, uh, like, the localization of it is fucking wild, because we'll watch, uh, we watch a lot of stuff just with subtitles in general, because... Mm-hmm. ADHD and it's easier to fucking read sometimes and fully understand the dialogue. Well, the knockeries are way more valley girl because they have to match lip flaps. And so they give them like, they say extra things that they don't say. Yeah. They're way more proper it's, than it's, they are. It's wildly, way more proper. Certain things are super like, just like you get like a wildly different take on the, on the dub versus the subs. Uh, I will say, I think the voice actress for Erna does a pretty good job. She does a pretty good, like sassy elitist. Yeah, I think some of it is literally just, like, the localization and having to match lip flaps. But some of it, I'm like, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Did she just say that I can't even? (laughs) I can't even. No. (laughs) That is not the character I've been fucking reading for the past whatever. That's more Alice to me, yeah. Yeah. um, Okay, so we are obviously chomping at the bit to get to, like, Asami, and in my case, Erina, but... uh, the thing about the Lunar Festival, I will say, Rindo, oh, who we meet, who we do meets. have, we do have to. There's the, there's a moment in the fucking Lunar Festival that where basically, the, the well, just can we just go brief yeah, yeah. over the thing? It's like three days of a festival. He challenges Chef Kuga to a, ch- a challenge of like, I'm gonna beat you in this. I'm going to make more money than I'm you. gonna make more money than you. Um, uh, you find out later that Kuga has a bet going with the number one seed that if he um, uh, comes in number one all all three days, he will get to do a challenge with the number one seed again. He's trying. He's gotten to be number one. He's really fucking baller. He's a great uh, Chinese um, uh, cook. Mm-hmm. His yeah. stuff looked good. He and yeah. he's uh, he's just like super spicy stuff. He has an arm. He has a legion of three D animated um, <laughs> um, one uh, guy just on eternal repeat. <laughs> Not only that, but it was oh my god, they did a lot of like parodies of propaganda posters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, them. so many. Oh, so many. Um, he's just the communist guy. It's just like, like eight hundred yeah. of the communist. He, he guys. is literally like fucking all of China, an unstoppable force that so much going up against with a single fucking cart. Japan loves to put the unstoppable force of China against one scrappy little Japanese dude. It is like, man, if we're going to talk about propaganda, that's a, that's a Japanese favorite. I mean, it works for me. It's a good story. Um, and like, it's a slow go. Soma doesn't win the first day. He wins second, third. I don't know. I don't know. He wins second. And on the third day, he moves. He's not in the, he's, he's not in the red in the second day, but he's not. Oh yeah. And it's the third day that he wins. And third day he wins, uh, which knocks out, uh, Kuga from being able to do his battle with number one, 
But Soma didn't uh, fully beat him overall, so he doesn't actually win and all that stuff. And then the plot takes off in completely different ways. But the moment that I need to make sure that we touch on that it like I like it's a fucking shonen or it's an anime thing that it, it get it me it, it gets me it fucking always gets me and it's just like I like my heart swells with just like emotional just like feels and it's when everybody comes together to help them fucking <laughs> um uh, like the they get their shop it's third day the shop's getting wildly busy they got the the um uh, from the shopping center they got the dude who uh, runs the uh, box lunch thing brought tables. Uh, to set up for his uh, Megumi gets someone to bring a bunch of fucking lanterns. Lanterns. And, like, fucking Takami shows up, and he's, uh, right, uh, They uh, he had already planned to have Subaru come back, and had, he did image mm-hmm. training, because he knew he was going to need the help, and but, like, fucking everybody, sh- Meat Meat shows up, and she's had, she tried the, uh, the meat <laughs> buns once, so she knows how to do it perfectly, and it's just like, oh, you guys are all friends. Oh, you guys are all together. <laughs> Meanwhile, the three white coats or whatever they're calling themselves are like, oh, dear God. Oh, why don't you come help us? <laughs> and they're struggling, the white coats of, like, mm-hmm. trying. Well, they're, they're, they all are, they all completed it in the fall selection, so should, they should not be struggling. They're also in the easy section of the fucking Moomer Festival areas, so they should be not struggling. They just got to get their heads together, and that just takes three days well, to do. Kurokaiba has to learn to work with others, and the other two have to learn how... It- to work in the real world. Which, oh my, yeah. oh my god, do I think Kurokaiba so much in this fucking season. Wait, do I have the wrong character? Akira is Spice Boy, Spi- Kurokaiba is Angry Man. I mix these two up. Akira is Spice Boy. I fucking hate him this season. Later on. <laughs> <laughs> but just like thinking... The just, coat works for him. The coat with the like... It, oh, it, yeah. it's, a fresh, it's a fresh look and he's a good fucking Fujita style like villain later on. But like... Thinking about this and the Lunar Festival and the setup of him with Alice and all of that, they did a real good job of setting him up to a, to do a heel turn mm-hmm. that I didn't mm-hmm. didn't realize how good a job they did. <laughs> but that's the Lunar Festival on Capitol. Yeah, really, the only thing that ends is, one, we meet Rindo, who is the second seat, and I kind of love her. And She's her, pretty great. The yeah, way I that actually... I w- the way that I will go through this is to just try every single restaurant. You would explode. But goals. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's only an okay cook, that's what I want to fucking do. Well, and I feel like this is parsed out over the entire season, but especially through observations that her character makes, you start to realize that the structure of the 10 isn't so cut and dried. Mm-hmm. It's not that the number one is the best. It's that the number one... Kind of has the most like. Well, it's in the same want way that like to be the number one. Jin and, and the Saiba do- were the number one and number two, but it wasn't because one was a better cook, but yeah, it was it's because one, one covers did the shit. all of the. It, it checks all the boxes, including mm-hmm. being like one of the best cooks. Also, does everything else, but I do really. I we've I got to look up his fucking number, his name for the number one seat, because um, I keep. Keep needing to know it, but he's an interesting character. Well, and because everybody keeps pointing out that, um, uh, what's his name? Fucking Naked Boy. Uh, number Ishki. Yeah. Ishki's the number four seat? And they're all like, yeah, you know, you're only number four because you don't want to move up. 
Like, as you yeah, don't give like, a you shit. Don't give a fuck. No, he literally is just like too distracted by the possibility of like if they fail, they can just open, they can just do whatever they want. Then at that point, <laughs> he does not want to be here. He's literally only here because his friends at school are there. He is there to hang out with people and cook. And mm-hmm. I love Ishki more and more. Yeah, especially my f- my wife pointed out that Ishki is pretty much the guy that was my first roommate in college, down to him randomly being like, "We're going to be naked now." Not in a sexual way, but... We're going to be naked. We're going to be naked and watch Star Wars. And I was always just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Guess this is happening. No other place in the world have I ever been body confident enough to be like, yeah, sounds great. Let's uh, get naked and play some chess and watch Star Wars. Like, And uh, I was like, no wonder I fucking love Ishki so much. He's... He's so good. <laughs> During here, we meet number one seat, who is scary good at cooking... Mm-hmm. but is the most anxious bitch on earth. I kind of fucking love him. I also love, I love him. Um, I, I kind of relate to his anxiety, uh, the anxiety ends of it, of like needing to Him and Rindo stuff. so easily could have been portrayed as just villains and neither one is at any point. They are obstacles. Mm-hmm. They are like antagonists, but they're not villains. Isami, who we will talk about in just a second, is a fucking villain. Fucking number nine C gang leader guy. Not number nine. Uh, the the guy who plans everything. He went up against him in the uh, with the chicken restaurant. Um, always wears the like leopard print shirt or something like that. Eisen. Eisen. Yeah. Eisen is a villain. Those two are just scary good cooks with a very strange plan that's about to take over. Asami's plan is. Fuck knockers. Like, it's it just, it's buck wild. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, Ringo invites them to go to the number one seats uh, uh, thing, and they see him do, like, a nine-course meal or something. Ishii. Yeah. Ishii Tsukasa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he is, like, all about trying to perfect the ingredient down to its most uh, ultimate form and have none of him show. Which is very interesting. Like he does not want to be involved in the. He, you, he wants you to taste the food and the food alone. It's very Andy Warhol without the pop art. But the problem is, Andy Warhol's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, which and is, she kind of is too, but in different ways. Which why um, works for like an antagonist. Mm-hmm. And like I was really into Andy Warhol in college, and looking back now, I'm like, God, shut the fuck <laughs> up. And I'm kind of the same way about Ishi. I like him. I think he's a really interesting character, but I want the personality of the person that's cooking. I don't think that's I me. do. That's I me. know, yeah. And yeah, that's no. the thing, like, I don't think I do. No, like, I think I relate to him in certain aspects of it, but I don't want to be him. Now, you also are more of a, you cook for a living. I do not. So, like, you know, at a restaurant, that might be a little different. Although like I, I want, do, like, like, the, the lowest, restaurant. Like, like, one of the yeah, lowest level like steaks. still, you're making sure that, like, it's standard across. Well, I'm like, what am I going to do different with my nachos this time? 80% like, of the time, I'm mostly just making sure I'm not killing anybody. That's... <laughs> the other 20% of the time, I'm, if I'm lucky, i got to be trying to make it taste good. I mean, that's still more than, like, how many minutes was on that Hot Pocket that I do pretty Okay, often, that's fair. So. My wife has made me a foodie. That's really what it is. Like, CC cooking, and I'm like, I have to match CC cooking. Oh, God damn it, I'm in food wars. <laughs> oh, God. I would love to do a food war with you. <laughs> oh, you'd pants me, but it would be fun. Right? Um, 
here we meet as we go to Erna's place. Yeah, Soma's not done. He wants right. to still keep tasting, so he goes uh, hoping to uh, get a bite at Soma. I'll at trade Aaron's. you a bud, because he thinks that they're buddies at this point. We He's find just out over it. that Erna has had a table reserved for uh, Joichiro. Um, uh, Saiba, who she does not know, is uh, your uh, Soma's dad. Um, I forgot that she hadn't found that out yet. Sh- yeah, she doesn't know that. It takes so later. fucking long for that to come together. Oh my god, there's so much shit that comes together in this season that I wish they had gotten done in season one. Specifically, her finding out this information and two, her getting to uh, Kyokse Dorm, um, which spoiler mm-hmm. for further. See, along. I actually really love that it took this long of the build up. I like because it. once it happened, it was like, yep, the build up <laughs> is good, but also, but like, fuck me, did it needed to happen sooner? Okay. Before we go into this, because, I mean, literally that's what's coming up next, we meet Asami, who is Erina's piece of shit, super abusive stepdad, not stepdad, regular dad. Which the English dub uh, refers to him as Azami. Azami? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might be what I... I'm bad with names in English, man. <laughs> but also, yeah, I'm uh, just a white dude who lives mm-hmm. in Montana, awesome. so I... Uh, that's what they said, you're right, it's Azami. Well. Um, look, he's a piece of shit, but I was... I'm kind of on board for part of his plan because him bringing up them getting fucking kicked out of the school for all those different reasons is some bullshit that we've yes, been talking but they about take since the, the first time. Absolute wrong lesson. It's not that I think that Kyotse doesn't need like not Kyotse. Oh, no, it, it all gets uh, taken uh, way yeah, too far. He gets the very wrong message from uh, learning that burnout is bad and we need to address it. Of like, oh, I'll fix this by making that burnout an impossibility by fucking overcorrecting in every possible way by not teaching. Dick. His okay. His if his plan were to go into effect in this universe, there would not be a McDonald's. Yeah, there would not be. Okay, don't make me agree with it for a second. There there would not be. There would not be an uptown diner. There would not be a number one euro. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, That's the. There would not be your favorite hole in the wall. There would not be a Vera Donut. There would not be. Anyone who's not in Missoula is like, those places sound interesting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you're in Missoula, you're understanding exactly what I'm putting down. (laughs) There's no Guy Fieri. There's no... Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, he's the bad guy and way overcorrected, but I was just like... Okay, but you guys can learn from part of this. There's also, like, no... no, You guys can learn from part of this. Yes, no, the school has problems. It has real problems. Indeed. But it... Okay, one, the, the two problems with his plan, which his plan is basically, I'm going to take over the world of cooking. I'm going to make it so uh, you just learn the specific, perfect, one perfect way to make a meal and don't have to worry from there. One, I don't get why Rindo wants to do that in the first place, because she already, like, she's the weird food person. But, uh, like... Okay, it works in the short term where this Council of Ten is being like, this is how you make this perfectly. But when they graduate, there will be no one else to take that place. Like, it's such a long term, that plan falls apart almost immediately. And then two, you are basically banning anyone who makes under like $100,000 a year from eating. From eating. Yeah, like, you have to cook your own meals at home if you want to eat anything. And to be honest, I'm not 100% sure he's even down with that. Yeah. By the sounds of it, they, it's like, just such in season four, they shit. talk about, like, how he's even, like, controlling fucking trade routes of, like, people getting their supplies. 
So, Mike, it's not a long leap to him to control people, what people can buy in grocery stores. Look, man, I work 60 hours a week. I don't have time to make your fucking weird... I just wanted a hot pocket. It is 3 a.m. I just got done at work. I need fucking 16 McNuggets. I can't eat the other four. I'm going to give them to my dog. But just... Give me my nuggies. Yeah, when I'm going mm. home from foam fighting and I can just feel my blood sugar crashing and I like pull into frugals and I'm like, all right, I need your fried cheese curds. I need your mm, chicken nuggies. I need your fries. Hell, fucking me and my partner just uh, got takeout the other night because uh, we both got our flu shots and had just worked both eight hour days and we did not want to cook. So we were just like, Picked up some number one euro. My wife and I's relationship is... Oh, God, you live so close to number one euro. I'm so jealous. My wife and I's relationship is literally based on the LD, on El Diablo, which is a local hipster burrito joint. It came up in our wedding vows. Like, no, Asami. Uh, Asami, fuck all the way off with your weird Snape plans. Yeah. Oh, no, he can fuck off with his plans. I just hope that the other side's listening. That's I'm 100% the point I'm in oh, yeah. with the, yeah. the scale of everything that's wrong with... I keep wanting to say Kyote, but that's the door. Um, uh, Totsuki. Totsuki. Totsuki, thank you. So, yeah, he takes over. He's basically rewriting, and he uh, dis, uh, and basically you see him give an address, uh, saying that he's taking over, even though he's basically he's banned from campus and like was told he's not allowed to use the Nakri name. By his well, because he marries into it. Um, oh, did he marry into it? Yes. Yeah. I did not realize that. Okay, then do we ever find out who not, uh, Alice's mom is? Not Alice. Welcome uh, to season five. Mom? Oh, season five. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I'm excited the, to get season the five. extra season. Um, oh, is that literally the only reason season five got made? Okay. Yeah, kind of. We'll get to that when we get to season five. The important thing I think of here, beyond the fact that he fires foot cooking Dumbledore, and look, I can't not Harry Potter this show. It's just how my brain is set up. Oh, we're doing a school based of like whatever magical thing. Time for Harry Potter world. Uh, I want to find a different a- analog for that. I'm working on it, but like a one for a one to one analog, but I can't think of anything. I'm I'm working on finding other representations, but I read Harry Potter when I was nine. Like I know. some things are just wired. Mm-hmm. Into this I thing. also am struggling with um. the same same issue. <laughs> um. But old grandfather guy gets kicked out. Right. Because he convinces the Council of Ten... Dean Knockery. Dean Knockery gets kicked out because now Dean Azami convinces the Council of Ten to overthrow him because the Council of Ten, the student government, has far too much power. Yeah, the yes. student government has authority over the entire school. I'm all in of favor of student government having real control in schools. Let people have... Let teens have real stakes. Let the people who are, like, being affected by their shit actually have... Stakes. And even be able to like yeah. threaten the principal's job if they're a shit principal. But this much power too far here. <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit of an overcorrection. They need some checks and balances. Just some some checks and balances here. But probably most important of this is we find out that this dude abused the absolute living shit out of Arena, and that's why yeah. uh, she's the way she is, the cold-hearted bitch that she is. And like instills in her so much. Instills in her the idea that if food is not absolutely a hundred percent the most delicious perfectness, it is in a very specific way. In a very specific way, then it's garbage. Then it's absolute garbage and needs to be thrown away, destroyed. It should not be eaten by anybody. It is it's not wasting because it's just trash already. 
This is the bit that I've been waiting for, though, not because I wanted to watch it again, but because neither one of you had any fondness for Erna. Oh, uh, no, I And I love knew her. where the switchover was going to happen if it was going to happen. I don't well, love her, but I still don't love her. Like, it's just like, okay, she's a significantly better character immediately. I'm way more accepting of her, and I also like her interactions with everybody more now. And that's the bit. Alice breaks her, Alice and Secretary Girl break her out from under her father's control after he seizes control of everything and she runs away to Kyotse dorm not on purpose but like it the character growth erina needed was to suddenly not be the queen bitch of everything yes uh yeah they're running away it's um kirikaiba kirikaiba and uh, and alice and alice and secretary Uh, girl whose name i've forgotten again and which like we, I listened to our previous episode, and we referred to uh, her as secretary. Uh, I want to say her name. Arato. Uh, Arato. Yeah. Um, but we referred to her as secretary girl the whole time, and this started to piss off my partner Cat because it was like, why do you not use her name? And then we started watching season three, and it's because they literally call her Miss Secretary all the <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> well, and there's so many characters that I mostly am like. The, the Spice Boy. Spice Boy. The smoker kid with the eyes covered. So we got to pass on that just because um, they do it in the episodes. But. Uh, uh, the kid that's always going to die. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they always throw parties in his room. Oh, he's always uh, like. Shinji? No. Shinji. That might be a different character. That might be the smoker guy. The the girl that's always getting him fucked up because she's a fermentation queen. Like, literally outside of, like, the five main characters. I don't remember. I don't really have names down. I have what they do. Yeah. Uh, But then they rug into Megami, who takes him back to Kyoxi dorm, and then they realize that this is where she can stay and be hidden from her dad. She's going to live there, and it's going to be cool. But this is where we get the kind of the character growth, and we get connections in a way that I didn't know I was going to appreciate. Like, her with um, the, the hunter girl. Uh, oh right! Oh, uh, who starts Yuki. calling her Yuki? Who suddenly starts calling her Aranachi? And um, uh, in the English dub, it's Aranapu, and it's Aranapu. so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this okay, okay. So she, yeah, she's terrible because she was, has a bunch of trauma. Okay, and okay, she, now she, okay, she's gonna meet friends. And she's gonna be she's better. learning okay. how to interact with people. She literally uh, didn't know how to do that. That's why she was being a queen bitch. I don't hate her anymore. <laughs> or uh, the ones I didn't expect to like is her with the two idiot broskies. Mm, the yes. himbos who start calling her knockery babe in the uh, dub and my, I did not switch over to the dub for that and I was like okay part. so you can't call her that <laughs> I think they eventually switch over to Aaron Apu as well but yeah. like mm-hmm. Kyote is just like nope she's ours now um, which like and then substantially um, Ozmi shuts down all the clubs and research societies at this point He's Dolores umbridging it. I'm sorry. It's just the it it's book five of Harry Potter. Um and and subsequently also Kyokse Dorm is under possible basically you're give, we're giving you notice. You've you've run a ton of Melissa up so up to now, but this is still on campus uh, grounds. We're gonna evict you. You can yeah, appeal. but welcome to the fucking elitism of this thing. These people will literally be homeless. No, I can't whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's he's, he's, tearing, uh, he's also going to shut down the Xiaomi um, seminar where uh, Spice Boy and June um, are at. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to shut shut down. I love the, that we have June's name, but Akira, we can't fucking. 
Well, I the June is it June is one of my, my boss's name's June. Like it's still the words from my mouth. That's what I was gonna say. As we know, a June. Um, but also, like uh, they're gonna shut down Bull Society. They're gonna shut down the Advanced Re- Advanced Culinary Research Society. That uh, apparently we find out Alice is the fucking head of, and she, she didn't had even no know. idea. She only found out because <laughs> she, she was the head of it, and they had to inform her that they're shutting it down. <laughs> Um, the fucking I what? fucking love that the research society that uh, uh, the boy who's always gonna die that they party in his room that we can't remember oh, his name oh right um, like the historical research Zenji I think yeah. it Zenji um, and then what is the club that is they're always the big guys we see Erina rock them in the first one and oh, they're like um, it is a um, uh, it's a sumo dish yeah um, but I forget what it's called but it's basically like a, a very intensely filling stew that uh, is pivotal to uh, samurai uh, sumo culture because it's basically like you eat this stew and you have basically all the nutrients you need but it's also part of like the whole it's a cultural thing in that like they it's a part they, of the whole art they develop the it as it's like part of their diet and also like it's a thing of in their eating it is a thing of respect and levels of their sumo mm. i don't know enough about it to talk about it but i know that it's fucking super you apparently know a lot more than i did <laughs> But, like, that poor club... When it Google sumo soup. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that could go take you down some dark roads. Oh. Safe search on. <laughs> but, like, that poor club that gets fucking crucified. Because they don't want to give up their fucking soup. I just... Chonkonabe? Yeah! Not, can, can we just have one fucking parent called during any of this, other than Dinazami? Being like... <laughs> You did what to my son? That is the other thing that I had to keep reminding Who that looks I forty that I had to keep <laughs> disposi- uh, suspending my disbelief on, and that this is a high school. These are children. Unless are you not a child in high school in Japan? Is this a thing I don't know about? Do you become an adult at high school? No, I'm pretty sure you're still a kid. Okay, because I uh, the adult teen. Child distinctions are a little more fluid in Japan from what I can tell, but I also don't know enough about Japan to even remotely pretend to be able to do that And it could be a narrative thing of anime in that, like, they're talking about the transitional period of teen into adulthood, so their target audience being teens, they're going to give them more autonomy. Well, I mean, Harry Potter changes. Like, I will stop doing Harry Potter, but (laughs) on this one, literally, like... that's fine overthrows the government at one point. Exactly. So it's understandable that like any YA fiction, you're going to have them going up against wildly unrealistic scale scale. Um, well, I mean, in some ways this, like everything is so blown crazily out of proportion. And we keep talking about like, this has way too much power. This is fucking nuts. They go way overboard here. It's all kind of what it feels like to a teenager. But they're also, yeah. they're everything also feels like the biggest to- deal in the world to be fucking wildly high end stuff like they're like talking like former the I forget uh, Shino the former uh, number three seats that uh, mm. they did the stagiaire with mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he has Michelin stars essentially like or the, this world equivalent he has like two two three stars which is wild that's yeah. that's some of the best in the world that's fucking way up there in sports mm-hmm. terms we're talking high Olympic level. We're talking World Series. Mm-hmm. We're talking Super Bowl level. This is like fucking mm-hmm. top of the tops. So that's where they're trying to shoot to put all of their students at, I guess. So I get I get the leveling of it. 
Well, it's kind of like, you know, we've talked... Uh, We're talking $1,000 plates yeah. at these restaurants. It's kind of like when people get annoyed at, like, two-year-olds that are crying, being like, they're acting, it's like their worst day ever. It might be. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, they've, they've only had so many days. <laughs> On the scale of days, like, there's a significantly high percent chance. So everything feels huge. So you're right. Like, for a teenager... Everything it feels, feels like huge. This. It feels yeah. like end of the world when you have a crush on so-and-so and Judy doesn't have a crush on you back. I don't know why I made up the name Judy. I have never met a Judy in my life. I think it's two but, steps away from June, which is one we were just mentioning. <laughs> Fair. So it, it, it makes sense for the, a show that's depicting people at that level to just up the stakes to match that, which is a really interesting way to define shonen as opposed to just they like going go big or go home. No, there there's deep philosophical reasons behind it, not because explosions are fun. Well, I think it works as a fucking genre it's actually, for several goddamn decades because... No, th- th- this is actually making me completely re-examine everything all those shonen I've been reading in the back of my head. Well, and it's... I mean, it's one of the wonders you can do with animation, too, is make things look the way they feel. It also explains why everything's so horny in shonen. It does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but all of this is also the reason why I like Big Mouth, which yeah, didn't yeah. even get completely off of, like, anime, but stay on animation. Like, yeah, yeah. they use the animation to up the stakes to what it feels like, even if it's not realistic. Yeah, it's got a, a sense of, um, for, for lacking a, 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 <laughs> for lacking a, a better phrasing of it, but, like, a, a sense of realism within a sense of magical realism. Like, there's, there's truth within the fantasy. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, um, uh, they're shutting down all the things. Then they so basically all they're giving the ten gives them the option of food wars to. Uh, they're like technically you can food wars for it. Oh right, here's where we meet, meet the shitty forgettable team rocket wannabes. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, and also we come back to uh, the alchemist. Yeah, but right before that we get uh, sent. They form Central, which is their new, like, here's our big evil group. And the, like, soon-to-be numbers of the ten, if they follow along, like, mini-bosses for them to fight, who all have the most rejected Pokemon gym leader designs of, like, all fucking time. Oh, they look, like, fucking very much like they were a, uh, one of the teams in the Yu Yu Hakusho. uh, Yeah, I'm a villain in Metabots, let's do this. We were one of the teams that you see get murdered (laughs) that didn't actually fight, uh, Team, uh, Yusuke. Uh, but right like to show the enemy is dangerous. how how fucking fierce they were. I just I'm so fucking fascinated that every other minion in this school wears the exact same thing, and then this dude pops up and he's got a cross with pointy bits like swinging from his ear on like a two foot chain. You are in a kitchen. That is not safe. Not at all. Mm. <laughs> like. Kurakaiba's super long, like, scarf thing he wears was bad enough, but you are like, no! You take that off and put on some non-slip shoes. <laughs> I hate non-slip shoes so much. I hate them, but I love your appreciation for safety. Oh, I almost yeah. never wear them. Please never let my bosses listen to this show. <laughs> just dressing note just makes me think of with how often Meat Meat works with meat, all just the... Flat, oh no, she splatters. straight up stresses me out. Yeah. Yeah. She's of a, one of my favorite characters, but she's There's a lot of oil splattering. That's one of Kat's biggest problems with the series as well, is just like meat meets wardrobe. Beyond it being super fan service, her number one was like, She's cooking meat. <laughs> <laughs> she's 
be one thing if you were doing like tropical drinks and fruit salads. Like that would explain the whole motif. I get it no. in that like it's hot by a grill. You want to be cool. <laughs> Wear a fucking apron, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can at least Have wear you an apron, the grease cover burn? the front, got the naked back. Ishii's got it covered. Ishii understands. <laughs> yeah. But he puts a cover, he got an apron on, he makes sure he's not going to get third degree burns. Okay, having accidentally gotten third, I was cooking and I was only wearing a, a hoodie, but it was zipped up and not completely zipped up. And mm, I tasted some hot inside. sauce. And it, I, I've gotten a third degree burn, not third degree, but like really nasty burns on my chest. Not fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's the worst. Good. So cover up. Meet me. God damn it. Cover up. Um <laughs> put some I, clothes on. I agree. I just really love her as a character, so here's where we are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just while you're cooking. Just wear an apron. That's all I need. Put on we a We get cup. some good fights here. They're enjoyable. I none of the food sticks out to me. Um, Honestly, I was trying to remember, like, what dish did I like most from the season? I was like, I didn't really watch this season for the food. I watched it because everybody coming together and then, like, fighting for each other and, like, finding out more backstories on the, the characters. Food the food cart has the most memorable food of the season. Although, I mean, and I, so, what, what Soma makes for his food war to save Kyokse, which, before we get into that, mm. basically, we see that, I forget what his name is, but the alchemist guy who... Uh, like, Aizen. Aizen. We see him in the Chicken Wars uh, episode. He's, like, he's the... Uh, he apparently gives recommendations. He's an advisor. He's for been a, a recurring villain for a while. Uh, he's taking on challenges, but he's basically bought off the chefs. He, you see him go up against the Skewer Society, and before they even taste anything, the scoreboard has him win. Um... And he's basically trying to say he'll take on any challengers, but I've already bought off the chef. Perfidry! Um, Villainy! And just so much like, well, fuck it, I'll still go. Um, I can make a dish so good they can't deny it. Which In fairness, in the world of Food Wars where your clothes will literally explode off if the food is good enough... It's kind of... He's not wrong. He's not <laughs> wrong, but this is, why my ca- this is why my partner Kat and I also was like... Fuck you, man. This is an arrogant move. Like, you literally just saw him get by off everybody. And was like, well, fuck it. I'm special enough. I can do it myself. Everyone's got their places where suspension of disbelief shuts off. And I can understand why that's one for you. Apparently like, that was me. But they do... He does... They claw it back later. They claw it back later <laughs> by, like, showing he... Because of his experiences in Kyokse, he's able to win this fucking thing. So, like, he then, that dish he makes, I forget what it's called, but it's, like, the stuffed chicken wing that's fried um, in a Ooh, pan. that looked good. With, um, like, the, with the, the Parmesan, the Parmesan the ketchup, uh, uh, so, sweet and sour right. sauce. Ooh, baby. Yeah, yeah, that one I was into. I want. I do love that Ishki shows was, uh, up at the end of that was like, I knew you would do this, Soma. I'm like, fuck, you're predictable, man. It was a gyoza dish. Gyoza dish. Okay, yeah. I wanted to so try good. that one. That was... Um, it looks like more effort than I tend to want to put into food. If I have to stuff something, I'm automatically less interested. But I feel like that would be like a lot of prep work for a... It's kind of like a get it stuffed, set aside, come back, and you could fry it. Yeah. But yeah, no, that sounded good. That was what I think that might be from the season. The thing I most rememberably want to eat, but yeah, he wins. The other guy built a go put together a, a dish, but but mostly just because he had to. Um, and if he actually tried, someone probably would have lost. We find and you out. You gotta show that dick what's what. Exactly, uh, but someone wins. Kyokse uh, is 
in the background, you find out that they have a bunch of fucking anti-riot squad gear. That um, was fucking dope. From uh, <laughs> I really want old school Kyoto prequel. Hell well, it was yes. funny too because they had made it like a really offhand reference to the old days in like season two. Yeah, and I just had not thought about it again. And then they were like, "No, we had these from the old days," and I was like, "Oh, that's right. Oh, right. They <laughs> like they talk about it like." Her fermentation room, the garden that they pick out, the fucking uh, area that Yuki uses for her uh, wild gang. All of that was built during the um, that one age, and they fucking had to fight and scrap to win it. <laughs> Hardcore. You're like, oh, that's extremely literal. Literally. Uh, they have fucking smoke bombs, <laughs> riot shields and helmets, and fucking fire hoses, and they're fighting off an incursion of... Near do well gang kids that uh, uh, I forgot his name already again, but uh, the guy so much battling Aizan. Aizan. Um While he's battling him, he wins. They they ensure that Kyokuse is still a thing, and then I forget what else. Oh, oh, and then that's I think that's when uh, Aaron. This is when after that is when Aaron finds out uh, that Soma. Yes, uh, because dip- Dinasami shows up again. Uh, explains more of his plan, which continues to be dumb. It's like, I did this because of Joichiro Saiba. Uh, 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 a chef oh. that I respect. He's like, oh, dad. Oh, like, oh yeah, that guy? Hey, Pop Pop. Joichiro Saiba's <laughs> my dad. You did that for my dad? He's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aaron has, it's just like walks in as he says this. Um, and then, oh, and then he made that, that might actually be the dish I want to try the most is the, uh, um, here's where tempura he, egg, fried egg. Here's where he grows. Uh, we are reaching the point where he's not always the best chef and everything, but it is consist more and more consistently. His food is the food I want to eat most. Well, that wasn't true in season one. I wanted to eat it a lot, but it wasn't always like the winner as much as it is here. The venison, yeah. di- the venison dishes I wanted to try. I fucking have to laugh at that one, though, as they're like, oh my god, venison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've cooked venison a bunch. This it's season, not you, that feel, you get to see how very Japanese the show is when they talk about some of the American stuff. Like, they touch on the Cajun spices. That mm-hmm. fucking destroys me every time. Also, they touch on bear, which is very fucking funny, because I was just talking to my doctor this week. Um, uh, she and her partner got a bear. Yeah. This I've, week. I've cooked bear. Um, and evidently, like, bear in this area is not nearly as, like, grotesquely smelly. The biggest thing about bear is uh, what it eats really strongly affects how it it's tastes diet. and what it smells. Yeah, uh, it will so yeah. if it's eating a lot of meat, it's much more likely to be smelly, more gamey, while stuff around here is a lot of Way everything. More herbivore. A lot more berries and stuff being a huge part of its diet. I mean, it still has... Right. Plenty of meat. Yeah, but, but um, it's not the same proportion. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Fucking!" I mean, okay. In you my get case, lucky. The bear wandered into a huckleberry patch right beforehand. In my <laughs> case, it's different because I just rolled out the sausages that uh, Cece made and was like, "Look what I cooked!" When she gets like ninety percent of the credit for that one, but it is like, "Bear, this is unbeatable!" Like, Fuck off, man! <laughs> like, just cook the bear. Yeah. So the. Uh, the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever had in my entire life, made with Bear Lord. Interesting. I don't know how. I didn't make them. It was uh, while I was at college. My roommate got a care package from his mom. And that's that's a thing. Evidently, like, 
Butter's so pre- prevalent for everybody's like knowledge of cooking just because it's so readily available. But like fucking evidently, you can you can just use whatever to do that. Like mm-hmm. like I've been told stories about uncles who would make cookies using bacon grease. Oh, oh yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Because it's just they they would save their bacon bacon grease every time they cook bacon they put it into a jar into their fridge and just kept it in there and then I had a roommate that saved bacon grease but he didn't save it in the jar in the fridge so it was like no this is disgusting you have to throw this away oh um, like I I, I would I, I've done that in points where I just had like a can that I kept out yeah but was, he cooked with it oh yeah no that that's that's my <laughs> trash receptacle versus my jar which goes into the fridge which is kept cold and not rancid. We didn't always have one, but at different times growing up, my dad would occasionally store up like a Folgers can of bacon grease that he would cook with at times. And see, I've only ever done it with savory stuff or like with incorporating anything that's going to be pork based or something. Which makes sense. Um, I like if. I like uh, like frying up onions in it and shit. Yeah. That's I'm into that. Um, Or like savory. Mm-hmm. stuff I've done like all of them I want to learn to make savory pies but that's just because I've been watching Great British Bake Off yeah, like meat fun. pies I've never really tried but neither mm. have I that'd be good okay we are an hour and a half in we're only about halfway through the season uh, uh, uh but a lot of I mean so a lot of the rest is just that weird last part where we don't see most of what happens unless it happens to Soma yes yeah. here's it's the character development time is the it's first Aaron that goes into basically we're gonna fucking do a boot camp of prepping you to pass uh, your ex- uh, final I wish course. that would have been a little bit more drawn out but I kind of understand why they didn't because it was literally her just spouting like legit straight information about like local mushroom species and shit and but then like, just exaggerated shots of your... everybody passed out in her and Dominatrix uh, secretary outfit they were really into the Dominatrix teacher look uh, but I mean, this is the point where Aaron is like, "You fucking weirdos have won me over to your style of freewheeling cooking." Let's um, see. I'm still going to tell you your dishes suck. I'm just not going to crash the fucking plate afterwards. Everybody's been force feeding her her uh, their meals. Uh, like, well, God tongue's here in Kyokse, so let's fucking utilize it. You know what? You say force feeding, but if paying rent is trying the food and being like, "This needs work. This is working." Give oh. me that life. Hell yes. <laughs> but at the start of it, for her, it's very much force feeding mm-hmm. because she's just continually like, you did this wrong. And then like, I told you how to fix it and you did the opposite. But it is better. So like that's... In the middle, that I, I can't remember exactly what number it is, but it's in that whole last segment that we get my favorite episode where you get the backstory with more Joichiro. Mm-hmm. With, with basically what happened to Joichiro. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, that I think that's been my great. favorite episode of the series so with far. With you, real quick to lead up to that, they start going across. They're taken by train from place to place to place. They have to pass each one of these tests right. to uh, graduate. And each of the tests getting progressively more and more fucked and unfair for them. It starts out to where... To a certain point. To a certain point. Um, it starts out where like they have to do a salmon dish and they don't have time to go... They, they have, have to shit go, salmon. They have they're given like absolute trash salmon, but they have time and know the area well enough because of Arana's training to go find a freeze brined sa- uh, summer salmon, and they're able to pull it out because he fucking uh, Kurokawa knows uh, salmon and fish super great. They pass that test. They move on. They go last in a uh, given nothing but potatoes, nothing but potatoes and potato starch, and are able to make a pull out a ramen dish out of it. Uh, and then they mostly get beaten by you have to face a member of the ten. 
Yeah, but then it turns out that they oh then they split up the whole rebel group at that point. It's then just Megami, um, uh, Takami, um, and Erina and Soma. This everyone is... else gets branched off, and then they're basically like, "You're gonna now have to fight one of the ten. This is the next stage of your." This is the point though where I, I've been talking about. They have so many characters that they kind of get left behind. Pretty much any character beyond like those four and the ones that will enter in later. They're just kind of done. Yeah. Most you, of their stories are finished. You now. see no Subaru again. Um, I think that's his name. The the guy who... Mimasaka. Mimasaka. Mimasaka you'll see next season, but that's um, not important yet. Yeah, he uh, comes back a little bit later, but like you don't you don't see fucking um, uh, the Chinese cooking girl who is the, like trying to take a over our family business. A few background shots. Meet Meet has peaked. Uh, the old, the younger, the the bigger Aldini brother, whichever age he was. Uh, the, yeah, he's along for the ride because it's weird that he Isami. It, it would be weird that if Isami wasn't there, um, and Takami was in the. But in he the mostly exists now for like level of Takami. It's kind of like that point in Dragon Ball, or I guess Dragon Ball Z, where anyone who's not a Saiyan can't keep up anymore. Right. It's yeah. Each like, it's when his original group of friends mm-hmm. just completely fade to. We're not going to see you for about 200 issues. Yeah, Krillin, it's just time to retire. <laughs> like, Yamcha knows what's what. And I feel for them. But, like, this is the point. And it works kind of in favor of the show because it suddenly has time to focus on the characters a little more. But I miss the more interesting characters who have now been left behind. Yeah. Uh, and then we end up with the regimental food war which well, is well we do have the the whole bear thing first oh yeah um uh, soma has to go up against uh akira, akira and uh it's basically his last stage of it is he's going up a, a number of the seat which i fear forget where Tenth. akira is he's 10 seat and it turns out that he's heel turned he's working for central it's all it's like he very much lost the thread of what he was trying to do of trying to protect the Xiaomi uh, seminar. And I have to do this to protect June, but I've now alienated June. I now fucked mm-hmm. over June completely so I can protect June. Uh, but like he's do that. They, their challenge is bear. He uh, comes up with a Cajun spice blend. That's, that's in fairness. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a Cajun, Cajun is a very Cajun good bear? recipe for bear. Cajun like, spice blend on a chicken fried bear? Yes. Oh, you're right. That's the one I want. That's yeah, <laughs> chicken fried bear. Hell I mean, yes. As but, a fan of chicken fried steak and then feeling like I'm going to die afterwards. Like. Um, but And then his sauce that he comes up with it. I forget what it is. But it's, oh, it's pretty basic. Yeah. Um, he uses bear stock or something. He like uses bear to re uh, thing, but like Soma does essentially the similar thing, but he uses. Oh, he did a, a juniper berry gravy. Yeah, that's right. He uses juniper. That sounds berry. fine. Um, and Soma does another bear dish. It's a it's a fried one. This is where okay. This is we I'm we have to touch on this is this is where they canonly bring up that the Nakari family has this the un the, the disrobing ability is like, or goes beyond just them. It's not meta-narrative of, like, this is a, a visual re- representation of them enjoying the food. They literally are actually disrobing. Well, we knew that with, like, the Dean. Yes, but that always felt like he was just, like, taking off his uh, thing. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Like, because he's wearing just a robe. Like, an old-school-style, like, mm-hmm. robe that's, t- like, tied around him. But they make to it disrobe would be this very is where... easily. Where in which we have like scenes of people whose clothing are being exploded off of them, or you have women and men who are wearing like full six piece suits that are now shredded, shredded, and then in the scene <laughs> later somehow it's back on them. 
Yes, luckily, everyone around the Dean is rich as fuck. But also, like, you have literally, in fiction, canonized that these people are literally, literally being disrobed. And I need to bring this up because season four, shit will happen. Season like, five, it gets worse, but that's oh, what we're no. going on. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the... From here on out, scale just goes up. There's, I you know, I said that there's nice to have like those valleys to mm-hmm. breathe. Fuck it, they don't think so anymore. Um. Oh, so it's the back half of the Codex Alera. Yep. Here we get. Uh, they they agree to regimental food war. If they win, they'll take over the Council of Ten, save everyone that's been expelled, kick out Dinazami. If they lose. Erina works for her dad forever in what is straight up slave labor. Like this is Scientology's one billion year contract. Super abusive, mm-hmm. super controlling, super fucking just like fucked. Call it, the police. Yeah. I don't even like the police. This is the kind of place where you call the police. Which like um, also uh Saiba would also have to work for him too. Yes. Um, which right. that seems like oversweetening the pot. Like he doesn't have this, like, his goal does not work without Erna, and Erna does now have the confidence to say no. She she could, should just fucking bounce. Like, she could just end this whole thing by just like, well, I won't play your game, actually. <laughs> Fuck all the way off! Oh, God. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go work and you can hear us for a little while. You can fuck off. That way it should have ended, Erna. Peace? <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, we're gonna do the this. Bricks. No! <laughs> Here's where we learned the origin story of Jin, Saiba, and Azami, who's now just a part of this and everyone's failed to mention him for... Yeah, it turns out that they were all in the same class and... Top like, three? Top three seats, plus mm-hmm. in the same year, this is also where June is, and then a couple other people that they mentioned, but I imagine we'll come back out fucking... Well, June's younger, too. Yeah, she's yeah. younger, but she is in the same... Uh, she is on the council at the same time. I think she might be, but she, I think she's in the same years. Um, no, she's a year below. She's a, yeah, she's a year, maybe two years below. No, a year below. Something like that. doesn't matter entirely. Um, but like, they're all on the council of 10. Yuri, Yuri Chiro is basically just like climbing the ladder and is fucking amazing at everything he does. He wins every food war he is. He's only number two because he has, no interest in any of the paperwork that is entailed of being on the on the council of Tana. It's that thing of it, that drives me nuts when people are like, "Oh, I wish I could draw. I can't even draw a straight line." Like, you know, grab a ruler. I mean, one, neither can I. <laughs> Two, this isn't just natural fucking god given talent. This is years and years of work to do this thing. I'm just drawing there, but it's it's true with. Anything you get good at. But he is amazing at this point. Mm-hmm. And he is leaps. He is better than everyone else in his class. But what I mean is everyone's just like, oh, he's a genius. Oh, oh I wish I could draw. Oh, I wish I could. And, and just like so fucking breathlessly expecting this level from him constantly. You've topped yourself before. So what's next? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was delicious. What do you have for me? Oh, the, the the whole section kind of reminded me. I feel like we talk about it more with movie makers these days because it's like, um, Taika does fucking Ragnarok. A lot of people don't seem to like Love and Thunder. For, I haven't watched it yet. I saw. It seems like a fine either. movie. It's just it's not Ragnarok. Ragnarok, which, we knew. Or, which is um, fine. Most people can't never make Thor Ragnarok or Jordan Peele. 
Yeah. Ever since he made Get Out, every every movie that's come out ever since, what I hear is, well, it's not Get Out. I mean, Get Out is a completely different thing for me. I think he has not done a bad movie since, but I don't think that. But it's still he everything he does is going to be like they expect it to be Get Out or better, and when it's not, you can hear the tinge of disappointment in their voice. And see, I'm never disappointed with his work. Is where I'm at, I guess, mm-hmm. in that like. I know it's always going to be fucking phenomenal. I think Get Out is a special case in that I feel like it is such a quintessentially like. I think it's why Lynn stopped doing Broadway performances after Hamilton. Just he's like, well, I can't top that, so I should get really good at doing other stuff. Instead. I think he like, also just got fucking busy with other stuff too, because mm-hmm. he's fucking movies, Everything. bunch of other movies, adapting his two things into movie adaptations. Yeah, no, I mean he's busy. He's doing he's great busy. stuff. But also, I understand, like, hey, fucking leave them, leave them one more. If you're out on top, leave them on top if you can. So I get that. But Joe Reacher yeah. is getting burned out, basically, because he's literally just reaching new heights left and right. And everyone's just like, well, yeah, shit, keep going. Keep going. He loses all you track of what he's keep doing. doing. Like, here's my targets. I don't have those targets anymore. I beat 50 students at once. Yeah, it's so much that he's getting into like this the the like the blue, which is I forget they call it in the English dub. I forget what it's called, but it's like young brilliant asshole tournament. The the world's greatest <laughs> chefs under some age, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like times thirty under thirty for like shown in cook style. A hundred percent. As so much so that like people are like. Hey, uh, do a food war a food war with me for that spot because fuck you. Um, and he's like. Well, with that disrespect in your mouth, uh, I'll take on you and everybody else in a regimental food war all at once by myself. No help. I'm going to destroy you. And I'm going to destroy you. And I'm literally going to just like. Not even break a sweat. I'm not going to break a sweat and I'm literally going to fucking wreck your shit beyond your even understanding of what you could have your shit be wrecked on. I'm I am but a god to you now (laughs) because you've decided and that's and then you realize that he's he can't keep going because he is still just a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a nice warning of what uh, Soma needs to be careful of because it's never even occurred to Soma to like stop and breathe. Although oh, I just love that entire episode, I no, feel like it's it reframes really well done. Like it doesn't make Azumi any more sympathetic by any means, but you understand where he came from. Yeah, you understand why he's doing it. The His friend's problem, twisted, but you you see where it came from. You, you get it. it I was going to say the only problem with Ozumi, but no, the wild abuse is the problem with Ozumi. Mm-hmm. Outside of the abuse, the problem with Ozumi is he takes the wrong lesson from every lesson he's ever shown. Which I don't get. The, the problem is that I don't got... We're not shown why he decides to take the, long, the wrong because lesson. Because he's a little try-hard bitch. <laughs> okay, there it is. I forgot about that. <laughs> But it also reframes a lot of what we've seen from Joichiro. We will get more Joichiro, I'm assuming, in season four. I thought it was... I think so, a little bit? About uh, Soma's mother? No. That's coming up. That should be... Okay, we'll get to it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, But that's apparently not for a while. (laughs) Uh, So to wrap up the season... They do a couple trial battles um, uh, with uh, on the train to the the regimental food war. That was fun, where they got um, to the point where they're all like, "Your food's better." Yeah, Your they, food's better. Watching Erina say someone else's food was better than hers is a 
character benchmark that we've needed to see. And getting to see them describe, like, how their process inspired them and seeing them trying to verbalize it of, like, it's like seeing a, a jazz trio influencing each other and working off of each other and building up to a, a beautiful piece of music versus yours is like three experimental avant-garde artists who are just like <laughs> fucking shit up but somehow you you manage to fuck it all up into a beautiful work of art and they get to learn a bit more about like working together and like mm-hmm. and that this is where you see Erina actually like really truly ins- be inspired and like be free form in cooking and like uh, she this is the first time we see her try I understand what you guys are doing, and I am going to try to get fucking weird with it, too. Um, I did want to eat both of those things. Yes, they both look very good. Uh, Then we go into the The Regimental Regimental Food Food War, War. which is basically we see the first card of it, which is three versus three. It is Soma. You see Ishki going up, and you see a former uh, number 10 who uh, Soma has uh, roped in uh, to work with them. Was he sushi they don't go into him enough, but I think he... No, no. I think he's ramen guy. Ramen guy. That's it. Sushi's mm-hmm. guy's on the 10 still. That's it. That's it. Um, um, Soma goes up against Ishki's old... Cousin? Some family relation. Yeah. Kind of like mob families changing sons over or whatever, but like... Yeah. Yeah. Like he went and lived with her family for a while and learned to start to learn to cook while living with her. Um... I wanted more with her. She's traditional Japanese cooking and specializes in soba noodles, which Soma fucking unluckily pulls out of the round card for what their dish is going to be for the thing. You have Ishki going up against... Forgettable Italian chef number seven, Fabio. Who's completely modeled after the other Italian chef that we see in Which was pretty funny. Um, Like, it's basically he's his idol and he wants to look exactly like him. And then former numbers... Some odd seat who is the uh, ramen champion going up against new number seat, but basically that we don't get any time with those two because literally it's, it's not important like, to the story. It's yet. like, oh, he lost two. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that he won. Yeah. Some of the here's where we on. learn about Ishki and the fact that he's just he's like Soma in the or I guess like Joichiro, he's a natural genius. He's just good at whatever he wants to do. The difference between Ishiki and Joichiro is Joichiro always wants to be what's next. Ishiki don't give a fuck. And he he learned that from uh, his... Mm -hmm. Just from being inspired of how much she put into her energy of trying to learn shit. And it's just like, oh shit. She loves soba so much. Cooking's fun. Yeah, how but, can I cook and be naked as much as I can? <laughs> but it's a Ishki would almost be happier if they did lose. He just wants his little like Charlie Manson commune out there in the middle of nowhere. I shouldn't use Charles Manson on that one, but uh, I like good notable Ishki's Jonestown, <laughs> not Jonestown. That's a different thing. The problem is I, I listened to a podcast that argued Jeez, that Charles Manson really, if they just stopped taking so much acid, no murders would have happened. He just wanted to go live out in the desert with his hot ladies. That's all Ishki wants, except on a farm. Yeah. Yeah. With a river that he'll build himself if he has to. <laughs> uh, I think Ishki, and I don't even really remember what he, it was fish of some kind. 
Uh, eel. Eel, that's eel. it. Eel, yeah. Um, and then I don't even remember what they go on in the third batch, because uh, it doesn't matter. It's so literally... Because he's able to... Instead of being like, everything must be by the book, show how to do it perfectly, he's able to adapt to situations. Ishki wins because fake Fabio is... Trash. A ditch. Yeah. Uh, is <laughs> trash, yes. That's the best way of putting it. Um, talking trash about someone that you were trying to challenge and then immediately talking more trash... Dipping. I like, and this is where I relate to Ishki. He talks trash about Ishki, and he's like, okay, whatever. He talks trash about Ishki's friends. He's like, well, it's time for murder now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Fabio, will you do me a favor? Die. Shut up. <laughs> I, it's more, it's more, it's like, he doesn't, it's not a quite shut the fuck up, but it's something along those lines, but it's, ooh, damn, it's like Ishki. I didn't know you could be serious. It's shut up, but the fuck is implied it's, in the way he says it. It shut up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I, th- I think that's it for the season. Yep. Oh, yeah, they win it's... and they're like, cool, on to the next card. Uh, next season. Yeah. Because they really like doing that. They, they, they're they a believer in the cliffhanger. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we kind of just over... I fucking loved this season. Oh, it's so Bro, good. Dude, it's so good. Um. I might put on season four when I get home. I was going to watch. I will say else, season but... four is only a twelve episode season, so it is one that's shorter. Ooh. Um, uh, but both the uh, season twelve, uh, season four, and season five are twelve episodes, whereas season three was a twenty four episode arc. So, season one and season three, the longer ones, had a lot of stuff to get. They through. had a lot of stuff to get through, so season four is a quick watch. There's I, five I, seasons total. Um, uh, five season totals and season four is basically entirely all regimental food war. So it's mm-hmm. basically just like the fucking, uh, dark tournament arc of, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. You are just getting them fucking battling the, the best part of season. Yu Yu Hakusho. So, um, it's really great. Um, I'm so excited for you to get into it cause I've already watched it and I really loved it. Um, I'm going to give myself more time for next season. I didn't get into it at the beginning, but I did do 18 of these episodes in a row. Yeah, no, you did this. In a sitting. <laughs> um, I did do also like uh, 12 episodes in a row, uh, but then we had more time. So I was able to do the last four episodes in the last two days. So I, I don't know exactly how little time I used, but it was on one and a half times speed so that I could get through them. <laughs> That's right. You forgot. <laughs> Which I have done on this show more than once. So no, uh, no, so strong. We have lives. Uh, so we've decided to largely abandon recommendations because we realize that it's basically the same thing as ingesting. Like, if we actually bring it up in our ingesting, it's generally a recommendation. Yeah. Because there's other things that I know I ingested that I I didn't write down because I don't necessarily want to recommend them. I'll sometimes talk about something I watched during recommendations that was so impossibly bad that it's worth mentioning. But we're not... A, a, a trash things show, so it doesn't come up as often. And I'm just going to recommend the thing I already planned to recommend before we decided to get rid of Oh, yeah, I mean, if you got but, it, go for it. Um, uh, the time I was reincarnated as a slime is a really fun Ishiki, uh, is- Isekai uh, style uh, anime. Ishiki anime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's all Ishiki. <laughs> Oh my god! Guy, guy dies, and as he's dying, he makes a wish to uh, be reincarnated in his ne- next it's life. It's one with a of bunch the few isekai of that style that I can get into. I've always meant to go back to it because I read the first volume. Um, and then he gets reincarnated as a slime, and it's in a monster in like an RPG style universe, and he just like level grinds to a god on accident in the very first episode. 
And then he then him just building a monster orc town with his little fucking commune harem of <laughs> of uh, of uh, orc girls. Uh, it's very fan servicey. It's a very anime anime. <laughs> it's very anime anime, very fan servicey. But uh, I very much enjoyed it, and uh, I think it's streaming on Hulu. I'm pretty okay. sure. It's either on Hulu or Netflix. I don't remember. I I know I've seen ads for it. Uh, there's two seasons of it now. So yeah, it's good. I already talked about it. I'm just going to say Los of Spookies. Being Puppycat. I just said we're not doing recommendations. We were all kind of planning for it today. This we, was a last-second decision. But in the future, don't expect them. Except for the part where we talked about good things that we watched. In the be- we're, just, we're just moving <laughs> it to the um, uh, ingestings. Those yeah. are our recommendations. Next time, we will actually be doing a crossover episode to give our editors a break. Uh, with... Fried Squirms, we will be watching Rob Zombie's The Monsters. So come back to that next time. Uh, in the meantime, we're your Jones of Nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Stephen. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, Email us, generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. While you're there, check out all of our back catalog, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, Go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.